It was October 14, 2013. I was at work and I get a phone call and my, it was my sister on the phone and she said, you need to come to the emergency room. Mom's been in a car accident. So I go get in my car, drive to the emergency room. We beat the ambulance there. We greet mom in her room and realize that she's been in a really bad car accident. So from there, they rushed her off to surgery and to try to control her internal bleeding. As I'm sitting there waiting for mom to get out of surgery, I realize it's two weeks before the date that I'm getting married and I'm wondering if my mom is gonna make it to the wedding. So I'm praying for a quick surgery and a quick recovery. As I was sitting in the waiting room, mom got out of surgery, everything was fine. A few days later, a few complications occurred that kept her in the hospital much longer than expected. Clay and I were at the hospital every night doing the night shift. Mom was very ill and sweating with all the infections that she had the thermostat set on like 60, 55 all the time. And we would come in with blankets and drink our hot chocolate and coffee and watch movies to try to stay awake if she needed anything. I really think God brought Clay to me because he was there by my side and I knew that getting married was gonna be okay, that it was the right choice. And we were gonna walk down that aisle in five days without my mom. We woke up early in the morning on our wedding day and, and we drove to the hospital. And we walked up to your room and did the ceremony right there. And it was beautiful and you prayed for her and I know God was there with us. And here we are eight years later together with family, with grandchildren that I didn't know at one time if I would be able to see, to play with, to enjoy birthdays with them. It's all God's grace. I have had faith throughout my life, always. It was never a question. I became maybe, I don't know if I want to use the word closer or more understanding um, of the peace that you could acquire or that you could have just handing it over to God. I could very easily have died I am sure God has his finger on my life. I don't know what his plan for me is, but I know he has a plan for me. And I would suggest to anyone that regardless of what their personal struggle is, whether it's physical, mental, whatever it is, um, just seek the Lord. He's, he's there for you. <laughs> okay, tissue, I'll be back. Well, can we put our hands together? Thanks, Shelby and Mona, for sharing some of their story. And thanks to our kids. Didn't our kids do a great job helping lead us and our worship team, all the work that they put in? Merry Christmas, everybody. So great to see you in this room and everybody joining us online. Jesus said in John 14, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. I do not give like the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. I wonder if anybody comes in tonight with a troubled heart. You know, the word Jesus chose there in John 14 for troubled, it literally can be translated agitated, stirred up, shaken. And have not the last 22 plus months just been an assault 
on the agitation of the human heart. And we have not lacked for circumstance after circumstance kind of rolling up on the shores of our lives where the inside of us just feels troubled, twisted up, shaken up, stirred up. I came across an article yesterday uh, that was written by an ICU nurse from Dayton, Ohio named Amy, and she's been treating COVID patients in the ICU for two years. And you can imagine the physical, mental, and emotional fatigue she's experiencing, but she has a little summary uh, about current realities that I thought was pretty poignant. She says this, quote, the vibration of the public has changed on social media and at the grocery store. Hostility, arguing, and people saying things like, you're standing too close to me. Everyone seems so incredibly unhappy and stressed. And then hear what she says. I've turned into a bit of a hermit on my days off. I don't want to be around any of that. So it's into that space, into these current realities at the end of 2021, where Jesus comes and says, you know, there's another way to deal with the agitated, stirred up places in our lives. We don't have to go the way of withdrawal and the pathway of a hermit. Jesus says there is a kind of life available to anyone at any time from any background. That no matter what the specifics of the circumstances are, Jesus says he's got something to offer that's in contrast to what the world offers. Did you notice that in verse 27? He says, my peace I give you. It's not like what the world gives. Because the world's offering its own kind of attempt at peace, is it not? I mean, I don't know how many shows Netflix can produce for everyone to binge watch through these last 22 months, but evidently we've sent their stock up and to the right for all the viewing that's going on, right? So you can just go down a Netflix rabbit hole or a YouTube rabbit hole, or somebody can lose themselves in a bottle of wine that turns into bottles of wine. Or someone can lose themselves in a pursuit in the marketplace and a job, and, and others can kind of lose themselves in relationship to relationship, leave the mess of one relationship to enter into the mess of the next relationship. Into that space, Jesus says, there is another way. It's different than the peace that the world is offering, that doesn't have any roots to it, that's fleeting, that can't hit the inmost place. Jesus addresses it this way in John 16. It's kind of like the bookend passage from John 14. On 16, it says this, I have told you these things so that in me, notice, in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. So notice he's saying, hey, if you're going to be human in this fallen and broken world, here's an expectation you can have you're going to be thrust into spaces where you're agitated, where you're stirred up, where you're troubled. It's going to be tough sledding. There's going to be just stretches of this life that just don't make sense, that we have this, all these places that that's not right. And Jesus says, hey, 
Just know that's kind of normal human experience in a Genesis 3 fallen and broken world. But in that space, notice the Prince of Peace, he doesn't withdraw and remove himself from it. He enters into it. And he says, I've got something to bring to that fairy space. And he actually uses the word, you don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be overwhelmed. You can, he says, take heart, I've overcome. Which presses the question, like how? Jesus, how can you say in the midst of this capital M mess, should we take heart? And Jesus said, hey, I've overcome. Here's what perspective Jesus has, I think, to offer us Christmas Eve 2021. He's saying, hey, what is, is not what will always be. What is, like current realities, it's not diminishing the painfulness. Your pain is real. Your experiences are real. Some of you have lost, had tremendous loss over these past couple of years. Said goodbye to loved ones far too young, or said goodbye to relationships, goodbye to marriages, goodbye to careers, goodbye to what used to be, wondering if it will ever come back to what was. You've just said loss and goodbye and ending after ending. And Jesus doesn't diminish that. He's just trying to to set that reality under a bigger reality. He's saying, bring all of that troubled, agitated, stirred up space under this reality. What is, is not what will always be. Take heart, I have overcome. So Jesus is looking down the corridors of time with a group of disciples sitting at a table in the upper room. That's the context of John 14 through 17. He's sitting there with them, and he's trying to help them embrace current reality and say, guys, this is going to get really, really difficult for you. Like one of you is going to betray me. Another one of you is going to deny even knowing me. All of you are going to be eyewitnesses to a trial under Pontius Pilate, and you all know I'm innocent, but everyone's going to chant, crucify him. It's injustice, it's not right. You're going to be witnesses to that. And then you're going to watch me get flogged in a way that is going to take your breath away. They're going to whip me and beat me and put a crown of thorns on me. And they're going to have me carry a cross up a hill called Calvary. And you're going to watch them brutally execute me in public. And then you're going to be the group through all of your tears you're going to be cleaning up my body and laying it in a tomb, and you're going to stare at the Roman soldiers roll over a massive stone sealing the grave. That's you. That's what you're going to See, there's a lot of trouble coming on the shores of your lives, but he says to them in that space at that time, take heart, because what is is not what will always be. Take heart. Because this end that seems so sign-sealed, like this is just the end, this is just the way it's always going to be, Jesus says what looks like the end is really a threshold to a new beginning. Take heart. I want you to think of it this way. Like tomorrow night, we're all going to be right in our Christmas gatherings and we're going to flip on the Colts game, right? Tomorrow night, right, Colts fans? Which, by the way, parenthesis, can I just say, isn't Christmas week that much more enjoyable when it starts out with a Patriot beatdown? <laughs> I mean, 
I, I just did something to my Christmas week, you know, at least for the Indianapolis crowd, right? Okay, I digress. Back to the point, right? So, so tomorrow night, you're going to get together with friends and family. Let's say this. Let's say you record the game tomorrow night, and with your friends and family, you watch it later, but you're the only one who knows the outcome. So you're the only one who knows the Colts win, and later on, you're watching it with your friends and family. And so when, right, when the Cardinals, when they have a great play, and when the Colts have a not-so-great play, and everyone's in the emotional tank in your friends and family gathering, you have a different response. Your countenance is different. Why? Because you know the outcome. That's the peace that Jesus says is available to anyone from any background at any time. Jesus says, if you link your life up with me, here's the outcome that I promise you. When the clock ticks zero, the scoreboard says in Jesus' name, we win and we overcome. I know it looks like at the moment, sign sealed and delivered, game over, Romans win, stone over the grave wins. It just looks not so great. But guys, hold on to this. What is, is not will always be. That this end is a threshold into a new beginning. So he says, take heart. I'm an overcomer. I will overcome this. And you too in me can overcome whatever it is you've strolled into Christmas Eve service carrying. Whatever angst, whatever agitation, whatever darkness, whatever troubling that's way, way down deep in there, Jesus says you can overcome, and you can actually experience a peace that nothing in this world can offer. It's called my peace. The Prince of Peace will offer it to you. Now, those of you who have been for a long time, you, you know that years ago, on the day after Thanksgiving, I had a little tradition with some friends and family, college buddies, high school buddies, some family members, back in Iowa, the Friday after Thanksgiving, we would load up in my gutted out grandpa's carpet van, and we'd drive at every bowling alley in the state of Iowa that we could find from about eight in the morning till well past midnight. Now, I didn't claim wisdom on this. I just claimed this is what we did, okay? So you can stop looking at me in those. Here's a picture, one of the turkey, we called it the turkey bowl. One of my turkey bowl buddies, he took a picture and he put a little plaque and he sent it to me for my office. And you can't really read the bottom, but the turkey bowl and the name he put on it is Rev DD. Designated Driver. Because what was happening in the back of the van was lawn chairs, lots of coolers, lots of bowling balls, lots of select beverages in the back of the van, which needed a DD in the front of the van where that was bottled water and Mountain Dew. Well, we were rolling around the state of Iowa as we usually did on this day, and it was about six o'clock at night. We've been going for 10 hours, multiple bowling alleys, and we pull into Belle Plaine, Iowa. And the local Belle Plaine policeman notices a carpet van rolling through his town like this. Like the front wheels on this van barely touch the ground because it had so much weight in the back. I mean, you got bowling balls, you got big guys, you got lots of coolers. And we're rolling through town like this. You think that set off any? He flips on the lights, pulls in behind me. And I said to the guy, I said, guys, best behavior, we're getting pulled over. And they all just laughed like, yeah, that's, that's going to go well. And so... 
He walks up to the van with his bright flashlight. He says, step out of the van, please. He says, what are you fellows doing? I tried to explain to him the turkey bowl. He was not impressed at all. And he said, Mr. Simpson, have you had anything to drink today? Yes, I have. Water and Mountain Dew. And he looked at me with a condescending look because my eyes are bloodshot. I've been in a smoke-filled bowl in LA for 10 plus hours. I smell like I've been immersed with this certain group with certain festivities for lots of hours. I'm sure I absorbed a lot of that odor. I looked the part that there's no way. And so he says, well, since you are so confident about this, would you mind taking a breathalyzer? I said, no problem, officer. And the guys in the back hear this, and they said, you're going to be really disappointed. That's what they're yelling at the guy. I said, just keep it calm back there. He goes back, he gets his device, he brings it to me. He says, have you ever done this before? I wanted to say to him, you know, seminary really didn't train me for this one. You know, this isn't a typical pastoral experience. I said, no, I've never done this before. He explained how it works. And then he said this. He said, Mr. Simpson, if you blow into this tube and this display screen blows, shows all red zeros across here, he said, here's the deal. You're free to go. I won't mess with any of you. I leaned into him. I said, deal. I took a deep breath, blew into the tube, and zing right across the screen. Zero, 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 zero. I was just so glad I didn't like, like one because I'd absorbed all that from the, that's like the guys, like so much in the air, you know, I'm like all zeros. And his, if I could have captured his nonverbal guys, I mean, his nonverbal was this, it can't be. He looked at this display, he looked at my license, he looked at me, and he said, have a nice night. You're free to go. And you would have swore the inside of the van won the lottery. <laughs> they erupted. Now listen, they literally probably did win some section of lottery because the number of tickets that was about to be written for that crew in there, it was several, several, right? Can you picture like the little break room conversation at the Bell Plain police station later on? Can you picture that one? Like, hey, fellas, I pulled over this pastor, and I was convinced there's no way, A, he's a pastor, and B, that he'd been drinking water in Mountain Dew, and you should have seen this, this scene, and he blew in the tube, and it was all zeros. He said, and I did the thing, I made a deal with him, that if he's clean, he's free to go. So church, Christmas is God's declaration to the brokenness and darkness of this world. You're free to go. Have a nice night. Christmas is God coming to the back of the van realities of our lives. Christmas is God saying, my face is turned towards you before your face was ever turned towards me. Which, by the way, fast forward a few years, one of the guys moved from the back of the van to the front of the van. Which, by the way, year after year, I kind of knew what the Lord was up to by who joined me at the front. Sometimes it was a lonely drive at the front, meaning there was no one in the passenger seat. But year by year, different guys would make their way to the passenger seat. Now listen, earlier in the day, we could have a little more meaningful conversation earlier in the day. And this one young man 
made his way to the passenger seat, and a few years goes by, and he calls me, and he says, hey, Rev, I want you to know, I gave it all to Jesus, and I'm getting baptized on Sunday. I'm like, how about that? Because listen, the only difference from the front of the van and the back of the van is grace. That's it. And Christmas is God saying to a human race, it doesn't matter what kind of back of the van realities you have. It doesn't matter what you've strayed into. It doesn't matter how long you've strayed into it. It doesn't matter how deep and how dark. There is no pit so deep that God's love and grace is not deeper still. That's Christmas. He comes into the darkness with the light of his life and he brings a peace into the troubled and agitated and broken and twisted up places that this world cannot address. And so tonight, perhaps for you, in whatever it is you're navigating, you can meet the Prince of Peace. Maybe for the first time, or maybe perhaps in a fresh way and touch some things and reset some things and realign some things. Worship team, why don't you go ahead and come on out. I'm going to read one final quote, and then I'm going to pray. Thomas Merton says this, Sooner or later, if we follow Christ, we have to risk everything in order to gain everything. Did you hear that? Risk everything in order to gain everything. We have to gamble on the invisible and risk all we see and taste and feel. Hear this now. But we know the risk is worth it because there is nothing more insecure than this transient world. And so church, Christmas is God coming to the insecurity of this transient world and said, peace I leave you. My peace I give you. I don't give you like the world gives. Do not be afraid. Do not be overwhelmed. I, well, how? Because I have overcome the world. What is, is not what will always be. And no matter what was, you can bring it to the Prince of Peace. And he can write a story from this point forward that will be defined by the Prince of Peace. Let's pray together. Jesus, thank you so much for this night and all that it represents and the way you've pursued us and you never give up on us and how you keep coming for us. I just want to take a moment now for anyone in this room or anyone joining us online. Maybe tonight, maybe you've known about these things, but it hasn't been super personal. And tonight you want to get it personal. You want to say, Jesus, I want to give you my life. You want to just surrender to him. All you got to do in the quietness of your heart is say, Jesus, save me. I recognize I desperately need your saving grace. Forgive me. Save me. I give you my life. Come and fill me with your spirit and lead me. You just cry out from wherever you are. You say it in your own words. It's simply, Jesus, save me. Thank you for coming for me. Thank you for never giving up on me. Or maybe some others, it's the reality that tonight reminds you of, of what used to be. It, it's, it's, it's bringing back some memories of, of when your relationship with Jesus was perhaps closer and more personal. And, 
and tonight reminds you of, of what you long for it to be again. So here's what I encourage you to do. If that's you tonight, you just work this muscle. Just come back. Just work the muscle of coming back. Maybe you've been distracted. Maybe you've been drifted. Just caught up in all kinds of things. Just, just come back. Say, Jesus, I just want to come back home. I want again to build, to grow in that relationship again. I just come back and return to you. I rededicate myself to you. And then for anyone who's just here tonight carrying some heavy, troubled places in the inmost, Jesus, would you minister a power and a grace and a love and a healing and a companionship in the midst of the brokenness? May they know in a very personal way tonight, Emmanuel, God with them. Bring your shalom. Breathe it into them by the power of the Holy Spirit. For we worship you. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit.